Indiana County 911. My brother's gone. Can you be a little more specific, sir? My brother. Who took him? I don't know who took him. I don't know what. Sir, sir, they don't take a breath. Explain to me what happened. And I looked out and there was this big red blinking UFO. I can just say this. Something's going on in the woods. Something's going on. They're not dogs, they're not coyotes. What could it be, right? I had an encounter with a skunk ape, and it completely altered the course of my life. I found a skull. I think you guys can know how to come film this. Put them out, put them out, put them out, put them out, put them out. Put them out. I just see it, I just see it. Sightings of a UFO hovering over a barn. Millie woke up from a dream, and when I went into the bedroom, she said there's a monster on the wall. They saw that the creature had run through a barbed wire fence. They were able to obtain hairs. They sent the hairs to their lab, and it came back as an unknown creature. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Bizarre Encounters. I'm your host, Shane, along with my co-host, Ghost. How's it going today, man? It's going good. It's going good. I'm ready to get bizarre with everything. Second try is the charm on that one, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, without further ado, I guess we'll bring in our guest for today. We have Mr. Gorga. He is an author and a very interesting guy with a lot of interesting experiences. How's it going today, man? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me on, and it's uh, great to see you again. Yeah, thanks for coming. Uh, I can't wait to get in into your book. Uh, I, I do. I have heard it's a number one bestseller. So congratulations on that. Yeah, it, to, uh, thank you. It is a number one bestseller, and uh, it was the number one in, in ten categories. And oh, so yeah, yeah, I couldn't be happy. Yeah, like all kinds of categories, like uh, um, unexplained mysteries, ghosts and hauntings, occult um, uh, uh, and demonism. Mm. Uh, spiritual warfare, so it really kind of runs the gamut. Well, let our listeners know what your what the title of your book is and where they could find it up front, and we'll make sure you know we put everything in the show notes. Yeah, I think the title would be helpful for the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my book is called "Demons Among Us: Shocking Real Life Stories from the Paranormal," uh, and you can find it on Amazon uh, right now, and I have the Kindle version. Uh, available for just uh, it's marked down to just three seventy seven, so oh, nice. it should be very affordable for people who want to, you know, uh, snag the book. Heck yeah! I highly encourage to get the paperback, folks. That way, they cannot do digital book burning if you uh, have the paperback in your hands or hardback, uh, because they'll have to pry it out of your hands in order to burn it. And I don't think that would happen. That's so. right. I mean, there are, and the people who. Um, who buy the print version and the paperback, uh, they actually having some unique experiences. They're so freaked out by the, uh, by the, by the cover of the face on the cover mm. that what they do is they actually, people tell me they have to turn it over at night <laughs> or put it into um, their drawer. <laughs> oh, wow. So it doesn't freak them out at night. So I got lots of testimonies about that. <laughs> that's awesome though. That, that, that's cool. Yeah. I uh, posted a copy of the book that I had on my Instagram and I had somebody make some joke like, oh, is that Ellen DeGeneres? And I'm like, oh, no, only when she doesn't get her kids to eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So where do you want to start? You want to Obviously, let's start at the beginning. What made you want to write this book? Uh, what inspired you to write it? Uh, where did you get your, you know, your ideas from? Because I, I'm not... I. I would struggle writing a book. I, I just don't have that creative 
side of me. I, I know what's in here. I just can't get what's in here out on a pen. And, and writing a book take, it is a, a rather long process you know, between writing it, editing it, getting someone to you know, publish it and everything else. So Yeah, writing a book is a lot like climbing Mount Everest. Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. Um, but I've been writing since I've been a little kid. So, um, you know, and, and, uh, and then I just started writing professionally uh, for magazines and publications, and uh, which led into, um, you know, professional copywriting for um, advertising and marketing uh, campaigns, uh, which led into the writing of, uh, you know, Demons Among Us. Um, and the reason why I, I wrote this book was because, uh, it is the answer to a string of nighttime demonic assaults that I was going through at the time. And I was being uh, uh, basically molested at night with uh, midnight or, you know, late night uh, stranglings with invisible uh, like iron hands choking me, um, chest suppressions, and they steal your breath and they... Um, you know, biting, scratchings, evil whisperings uh, in some weird, you know, demon language, um, whatever they're trying to speak into, you know, into your psyche or into your subconscious. And, and so the, the book itself is an answer uh, to those attacks, because what the last thing that they want is to be exposed. Uh, and so I said, all right, you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna hit, I'm gonna hit back and, and demons among us is a um, basically uh, rips the veil off the paranormal to show what's really happening behind the scenes of this, you know, of the, of these demonic powers and principalities and dark forces. So were these, were these like succubuses or old hags? <laughs> okay. So it has been called an old hag and it has been called sleep paralysis. Um, the reason why I do not believe it's sleep paralysis um, or, you know, an old hag, it's this, these are demonic things. And, and what, what happens is they come with such like palpable fear that, um, that basically fills the room mm -hmm. um, and you really feel a, a dark presence um, along with it. So it's, to me, it's not, to me, when you slap a name like sleep paralysis is, is you're trying to explain something with a natural a supernatural thing with a natural title or means. Right. And uh, just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not supernatural and that you could just slap whatever title you want onto it and, and think, Oh yeah, that's it. That's what we'll call it. It's, it's a lot deeper. It's a lot darker. It's a lot more frightening than just, you know, a, a sleep paralysis because what happens is they steal your breath uh, you can't cry out. You you know you're you're overwhelmed with this overwhelming fear, and there's a dark power and this presence in the room. Would because I know uh, an incubus or a succubus do similar things. Would, yes, they do. Yes. Would that be what you would maybe classify this as? Like, did you? Because you said you were being sexually assaulted. Like, did you feel like? I mean. I don't want to get too personal, but did it feel like you were having sex? And obviously you said you felt like you're being choked out by yeah. these iron hands. Yeah. Um, when I, when I said molested, I didn't mean sexually molested. I just okay. meant like just, as an attack in general, okay. molested, you know, 
uh, I know that we refer to molestation yeah. in the sexual regard, but it's also referred to as being attacked or whatever, yes. like molested or unmolested. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, and when I'm, when I said molested, I didn't mean sexually molested. Okay. Yeah. But I, I have had a succubus experience. So it's, that's also in the book. You could read about it oh, too. And, uh, yeah. And that was, um, that was a freaky encounter. And uh, this is the first show I'll talk about it on as no one's ever really asked about it. <laughs> so um, I was uh, in my apartment downtown and uh, um, I was, uh, I went to bed alone. <laughs> <laughs> so you thought I'm pretty sure I was, I went to bed alone. I know I went to bed alone. And then when, when all of a sudden, like it was weird, I, I rolled over and all of a sudden there was a woman face to face with me, like on the pillow. And it, she looked like um, a combination of two girls that I know. It was really kind of strange. And, uh, and a, a sandy brown hair, big brown, you know, doe eyes, and looking at me face to face. And she says, hello. And then she props herself up on like a hand on her on one hand. And she's just like looking at me like, like, well, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Because she's, I feel the seduction coming off of her and it's powerful. And it's like, it almost like, it's almost like inebriating in the sense that um, it, it's possible that this girl just somehow landed in my bed. <laughs> like it was like a weird <laughs> thing. Like, like maybe she belonged there and all. <laughs> so they always uh, belong there. So, well, right, right. Well, you know what I'm saying? It was like it was like a weird thing. And I'm like looking at this girl, I'm like, uh, and and I feel like this this sensation come over me, like you know, the this uh the seduction come over me. And uh like and I'm about like I had literally thought to you know to to make out the girl, right? <laughs> like and it was real in every sense of the word. There was a there was a body under the sheets. There was an indentation on the pillow, uh, and uh, it was as real as it gets. There was a there was a, a gleam on her coming off of her lips, um, and and then I realized, like, okay, like th- this is demonic, and you know, basically, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, so I I commanded it to go away in the name of Jesus, and it just sort of collapsed into itself, and 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 it went away. But that was my succubus experience. That would be. Freaky, but the it fact was very that, freaky. The fact that you were uh, awake enough and and in your conscious mind know to s- s- call in the name of Jesus to to you know cast it away right. uh, says a lot because a lot of people that they actually fall into that temptation and it it doesn't turn out well for. Most no. people. I often wondered like, what would have happened if I started making out this thing. Like, it probably would have been like the movies where it's like all of a sudden she changes and it's just like this, ah, like this wretched <laughs> monster. You know, I I don't know. Um, like, but uh, yeah, I know was a aware enough and spiritually astute enough to know what was going on. You know. Do you think That's that awesome. they like purposely pick your brain to try to find like a female that they know you're attracted to, so they almost look different for everybody that sees them? <laughs> but I, I thought about that as well. And I'm like, I, I like Asian girls. So it was like, <laughs> I was like, well, why don't you make do- her Asian? Who doesn't? Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe that's what you're thinking about at that particular moment. But it was, but it was funny though. I mean, they weren't wrong in thinking that like it was two girls that I knew. Yeah. 
you know, I was um, friends with. One was for friends for like a long, long, long time. And another one was a girl I knew from a restaurant. So I was like, okay, so they weren't, they weren't wrong in kind of like <laughs> comboing these, you know, Frankensteining these girls. But I was like, man, you should have made her Asian. I probably would have bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. So, uh, what? Where do you where do you start at in the book with with, with your experiences? Because th- this is the fact that I'm talking to somebody. I, of course, I never thought I would ever sit down with an ex satanic high wizard at, at one point in my life and have a conversation with him. So right. I can't. Eh, part of me is still like, wow, I, I'm talking to somebody that had uh, a, a succubus experience, and obviously you've had way more experiences, and I've had paranormal experiences throughout my life, and weird things just always seem to kind of happen. I, you mm. know, I've been on doing a, a, an interview recording and my door to my room's closed. And for whatever reason, I thought it felt like it was open and it, uh, a shadow entity raced, ran by the, like it was going down the hallway. I, mm. I kind of jumped and I looked and I'm like, well, my door's closed. So shit's, I, I believe wholeheartedly in the afterlife paranormal demons angels you know god whatever but you know where do you think this kind of happened and and started from uh well i mean for for me i mean there's a there's seems like there's a lot of questions in there yeah (laughs) Um, yeah there is sorry answer however which one you want (laughs) let's start with um Let's start with, um, I, I'll start with the, the beginning of the book. It starts with the obsession or America's obsession with the, with the paranormal and with these dark, um, dark forms of entertainment. And I start, um, I start off by um, um, sh- sharing some box office um, uh, numbers about some of the, some of the, the more darker movies like the the exorcist and uh, emily rose and Mm. you know things of that nature so i start talking about there's an american obsession with these you know with these things and the proof is these numbers (laughs) you know so everybody is has some form of intrigue with this with this realm or this world there's just something built in us for this morbidity Mm-hmm. In a sense, and and so I start there, and then I go into um, the chapter two. It starts to talk. It talks about the first fully documented eyewitness account of of demonic possession in American history, uh, which took place um, two decades before the Salem witch trials. Um, so it was about 1671 in early New England, and the book really that's the story that uh, is basically the linchpin or the hook of the entire book. Um, and, and that took place between, um, a minister and his live in maid, uh, or maid servant. And, uh, she started to, um, exhibit some really, really strange behaviors that made, um, the minister's name was Sammy Willard, um, uh, some behaviors that made Willard's eyebrows raise. So he, um, took to his journal and he started journaling in his book, you know, day by day by day, what was happening, uh, to this girl, um, uh, and so we have this real blow by blow of what was happening, which, which he had called, you know, atrocities 
that were happening to this young maid. She was um, being attacked with seizures, uh, seizures episodes. Um, She had uh, supernatural strength because they tried to restrain her. And she was just, you know, she, she was 16. She was a, she was a young girl and she was just throwing off three, four, five, six men at a time. Like it's just, you know, and um, uh, there was one episode where she, um, a lot of episodes where she tried to throw herself in the fire or drown herself in a well, kill, kill Willard, kill the children. I mean, it's just, it just ran the gamut with this girl. And, um, and so the, um, the mystery was, did, was she in league with the devil? Did she sign the devil's book? And that's the mystery that unravels in Demons Among Us. That's crazy. Because I know a lot, and you said this was 20 years before the Salem witch trials, because yeah. obviously we found out that they probably really weren't witches and you know it was hearsay gossip yeah, and then they, they could have had a contaminated wheat supply that you know mm. contributed to some of this stuff but that story that you just told me about sounded sounds really familiar and i don't know if they've talked about that on some like documentaries because i'm a huge documentary that, that's pretty much all i watch whether it's paranormal you know, bigfoot whatever you know I, that if I'm going to sit down and just zone out, it's, it's going to be that. So yeah, it's a little talked about story. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's, you know, people have probably touched on it from somewhere, but I really, um, you know, when, when I, what I found about it in people's writings, it was so glossed over that it was like, Oh yeah. And then this happened and this happened and dot, dot, dot. And so I said, I'm, you know, I'm from like an investigative journalist sort of, you know, in, in a sense from my background. So I'm like, well, what's between those dots? <laughs> so and that's when I started unraveling all of this stuff, um, you know, and I went back 350 years of research. I actually went to libraries in, uh, you know, in Boston. I was able to actually go through actual parchments, um, very rare to be able to see them. Um, and so I, with this story, I really did my research. I really did go as deep as you possibly could to unearth, um, everything around it, uh, as well as the, the culture, the surroundings, the, um, the mindset, the belief systems, the culture. And so everything plays in and around this story. I, uh, that I've, um, you know, tried to make as believable, bring into that world to make as believable as possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure people might have, might talk about it, but it's, it's, it's so little known yeah. that, like I said, I only heard maybe like a blurb, but it sounded really right. familiar with what you were talking about. The journaling part right. of, of, you know, this, this young maid and what have you. Right. Um, did they ever, well, see, I don't know if I want to ask that question because I don't want it to be a spoiler alert because I want people to go get your book, but I was going to ask if, if they did actually do a full exorcist on this girl, but go get, go get the, if you reveal that in the book, just go get the book and read it and you'll find well, out. Well, not in the sense where you would think of like a, like a Catholic exorcism or anything like that. So these were, these were ministers and prominent ministers. Um, um, I, I guess you would call them uh, Protestant ministers, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, so it's not the Catholic thing. They didn't have holy water and they didn't have, you right. know, the, the rites in there. So what they did though, is they did pray a lot. She was, you know, she would oftentimes beg for prayer uh, she would oftentimes be repentant, very repentant. And then, um, and then, so the minister would, 
enlist other ministers from neighboring towns to come and, and pray for her as well. So this, this girl and, and, and Samuel Willard himself, you know, really prayed for her, you know, deeply, you know, on his own, because if, not only did he not know what was going on is, you know, um, you know, so he had to pray for understanding, but he also had to pray for her for deliverance. And so uh, the, the the mystery that surrounded this girl was was uh, you know was she uh, in league with the devil? Was she um, a witch? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know did she sign the devil's book? And you know to answer the the uh, the question about uh, exorcism, it was, it was she was prayed for a lot over. Um, by the most by the prominent ministers of the town as well as Samuel Willard. So it wasn't like an, an exorcism because they were still trying to figure out what was happening, you know, to this young girl. And so the whole the whole time is they were trying to discover, you know, what would, what A, what's wrong with her? B, what did she allow in her life to, for this to be happening? And, you know, and and so as we go along the story, she's she starts giving like little you know, start telling more and more and more as we go through the story and her, with her relationships with these dark powers. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. Cause like you said, I went, I went to like the Catholic exorcism because that's just what's programmed in our minds anymore. You know what I mean? As a young right. kid, you know, I'm 45. I remember seeing the exorcist and, you know, they're there with the Holy water, like you said, but times were a lot different back then. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. During then, you know, they were f- basically f- fleeing England for religious, you know, rights and, and yeah. what have you. And it was a lot of Protestants and, and what have you that came over on, on, on the Mayflower and, you know, early settlers. But yeah, it, it, it's crazy that because um, America as a, a nation and now obviously indigenous peoples were here for millions of years before we ever discovered it and it was discovered before christopher columbus ever set sail you know over here that's just a modern story everybody's told um but is do you do you ever do you ever get into any of the um like old native american side of demonic um or, or possessions in, in that nature at all yeah i can yeah. Yeah, I'm just wondering like where where to go. That's the, one of the stories I found, and this is not anything to do with like possession. But one of the stories I found was that uh, in 1099, the uh, it was the Vikings, or um, they had come over to the shores in 1099, and um, uh, and had met the Indians. But what they saw was when they came over, they saw. Um, nine Indians carrying canoes on their heads. So it was like three Indians for canoe per canoe. And they, they just decided to just straight up kill them. They didn't even care who they were. And I found that story and I was like, Oh my God. So these just arrived on the shores. They didn't even ask any questions. They just decided to just go straight up, kill these people who they didn't even know who in the world they were. So that was um, a, a crazy historical found. Uh, that I found in my research, but um, I think that um, it's interesting that the uh, the native form of uh, spiritual or spiritualism um, it 
it really looks like everywhere else, meaning that there, there's fire, there's tobacco, there's sacrifice, there's a, you know, there's a, the tobacco represents like a, a sacrifice or an offering to a God or spirits or gods. And when you look at like all these other religions, when you look at voodoo and you look at the, you know, in the, or, you know, the voodoo or witchcraft or Caribbean um, Santeria, they all have these same similar elements because it's my belief that they're taught by spirits. So it doesn't matter what continent you live on or what age you live in, the spiritual principles to serving these demonic powers is exactly the same. Um, now, when it comes to like the, the native Indians, um, they were, uh, they would go and, and do powwows. Uh, and what they were trying to do was conjure up spirits to know whether to go to war or for healing. And so when these, uh, when the Protestants came over, when the, when the Europeans came over, uh, it was deemed like this was witchcraft. This is very, this is a very demonic thing. Uh, and it was something that they tried to get the, to break the Indians from um, because it was, um, um, you know, it was like a stronghold in their, in their, um, in their culture. And so, but what the, the, the Christian settlers were trying to do was to try to get them to understand that this is, you know, these, this practice is a form of, uh, of demon worship. And, but they, they were so used to doing it that they couldn't break free from not doing their powwows because they looked at it as like, oh, they're trying to bring us the white man's religion, but it wasn't the case. They were trying to set them, trying to set them free for the glory of God. Right. And so, um, uh, and, and, and when you see these places, they talk about, um, there's a place called um, the Hakamak Forest. And, uh, and this is a place of like high, like, like demonic stuff. You'll see like lights and you'll see like, you know, like balls of lights and all kinds of like um, paranormal kind of stuff, which I believe is because these practices have been practices on the practiced on the land for all of these years. And I think that what you see in those kinds of places is because um, it was almost like they were practicing like witchcraft light <laughs> in a sense. But what you see with these, these places like the, the Hakamak forest or places like that, I believe it's because you, these kinds of practices were taking place on the land um, and then you see the results because it, it's now open to just demonic, um, uh, demonic activity. Do you think that that may be linked to the possible idea of like the Nephilim creating false religions? So maybe it's not necessarily like a spirit like that, but more so like the fallen angels just spreading their ideas across multiple continents. So we're kind of getting into like a biblical perspective of it. Well, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's, it's demonic spirits, fallen angels teaching mankind um, these these religions or how to serve them like and it's all it's always the same it's always fire tobacco um, uh, you know an offering it's sacrifice it's blood um, and it's always the same it just doesn't matter like what religion or, or culture um, it's these I believe these fallen angels have taught man how to serve them how much how much have you looked into the Hockamock by any chance? Because that uh, is in like the heart of the Bridgewater Triangle. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yes. no, I, I haven't done extensive studies. I, it was just, uh, I, I came across it in my research. 
Awesome. Uh, found it was was interesting, but I had uh, had to stay on track with what I was doing for Demons Among Us. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't get too deep in it. Yeah, because uh, when when you talk the Hockamock and, and the, the spirits, um, I've often talked with Shane about these little people. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're called puckwudgies. Yeah, puckwudgies. Yeah, they will lure people away deeper into the forest. Yeah, and next thing you know, they're completely lost, and then they'll yeah. like kind of get in their ear and make them want to like kill themselves. Kill themselves. Yeah, yeah. because these I think these are you know when you talk about the Bible talks about uh, the devil transforming himself into an angel of light, meaning mm-hmm. that um, so you could he could transform himself into any physical form that he wants if he wants to appear like the virgin mary he could do that right if he wants to you know he can appear like any you know any dead relative or anything of that nature so if he wants to appear in the form of a pugwudgie right or if he wants to appear in a form of an alien you know he could do that but the you know the the to me it is my belief that these are all uh demonic powers uh in masquerade mm-hmm they never say to do anything good, by the way. No, never. They never say, hey, why don't you go hug your grandmother, you know? <laughs> or, hey, I know where there's a really good fishing hole. And it'll right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's always being lured away for some evil, evil thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, they might get you with the fishing hole, but you're not actually going to end up in an actual fishing hole. Yeah, you're going to be the fish food. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so- where else do you want to go? Because obviously the last time I opened my stupid mouth, I asked about 50 questions in one question <laughs> that led to, you know, that my mind just goes all, all over the place sometimes, but uh, feel free to you know, jump into whatever you want because you're fascinating the hell out of me. Like, <laughs> and va- validating a lot of this stuff that like I've looked up and researched online and, you know, you bring up the Hockamock and I'm just like, yo, yeah, that's right in the middle of the the freaking Bridgewater Triangle, and it's just weird that you brought it up because a lot of people don't don't know that or have never even heard of a puck watching. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've come across some very strange stuff stuff in my research. Nice. <laughs> uh, I got a head full of useless knowledge that you know uh, it's it. stuffed with historical and crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the devil. Okay. We're going into uh, the high season of spooks. Mm. I want to dispel some myths okay. of, yeah, of who, we, who we think the devil is. Let me ask you a question. What do you think the devil looks like? He's the most beautiful angel God ever created. Oh, you just yeah. blew my whole game. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> you, you must have watched my question. other pod. Did you watch my yeah. other pod? No, I'm, I'm kind of well-versed in, in a lot of things myself. All right, that's but. cool. Well, okay, cool. So so to your, your audience, most probably would have been like, oh, yeah, he's a horned beast with a monster and a gravelly voice, right, with the stuff that yeah. we see in Hollywood. Uh, but it is quite the opposite is true um, and is exactly what you said, and that's what I usually say on shows verbatim, is he was the most beautiful creature or the most beautiful angel God had ever created. And um, in, in his form, God created him with all kinds of jewels. It was, it was barrel, it was sapphire, it was ruby, it was gold, it was diamond. It was, you know, all of these glittering jewels built within his, his, his form, however that, that looked. And, and so his name was called the light bearer because like in the light of God, this being 
was just, you know, shimmering facets of, of light coming after emitting from him when he, you know, when he walked or he moved, but also inside of his form were also built musical instruments, meaning that the Bible talks about pipes and timbrels. So not all, so it's thought that he was the, um, the music minister or the choir leader of, of all of heaven. Um, so basically angels sang the devil's songs, right. To, to God. And so, um, he was, um, not only was, not only did he, you know, play music or, or he was music because when he moved, it was like an orchestra. I mean, he just was this dazzling spectacle of an angel and he was so powerful and he's so influential. He threw, he drew a third of the angels to his cause to war against God. Um, and so when, um, when he, when he fell, he was cast not into hell. So he's not in hell with a pitchfork and reigning over things. He's not even there. He was cast to the earth with a third of his angels um, and when he fell, his his name is Lucifer. Um, but when he fell, um, he was deemed Satan. And Satan, that means he's uh, a deceiver or adversary or supplanter, meaning he's an enemy against mankind. It was he is now titled with the character of his nature. And so um, Lucifer is his name and Satan is his his character or his title. And so, but yeah, so it's a far cry from um, what we see in Hollywood or see in art and film and all that and all that stuff. He was, he was much more than that. And he was actually the guardian of God's throne too. So he was, um, he held the highest position that you can help being in the very presence of God himself, which I don't think every angel was allowed to even get to that, to that point. Right. And so he was, because of his beauty, um, he was lifted up in pride and he thought he can, he can, he himself can become God. So that's, that's who the devil is. He's not a, he's not a horned creature with a gravelly voice. He's the most beautiful angel God had ever created. Um, I'm probably going to ask a question that you probably were asked yesterday, but do you think Lucifer and Satan being the light bearer are two different people? No. And it's just, you know, it's, it's the, it's one, one name, one character. I mean, it's the same, they're one and the same. Okay. You know, it's like, is it MR, is it MR Gorga or is it MR Gorga uh, an author? It's like, right. <laughs> well, I'm one and the same, right? I mean, it's, it makes no sense to separate the two, uh, the two, the, the two can't be separated. Satan is Lucifer and Lucifer is Satan. Okay. Now that sets me up for my, my follow-up question because I look into a lot of different things and my background, I, I was a practicing devout Christian at one point was baptized in the Susquehanna river that in the middle of January, uh, my audience on my regular show knows that background about me. Um, I have, I call my podcast my third eye for a reason, because I want to know the truth. I, I'm constantly looking for the truth and, and questioning things. You know, Thomas Jefferson said it best, question everything, even the very existence of God. You have to. 
Um, so when you take the New Testament, and you, you kind of hinted on that, where the devil can turn into the Mary Magdalene or whoever, you know, mm-hmm. he's referenced in the New Testament as the bearer or bringer of light as well. Right. Jesus mm-hmm. is. So mm-hmm. in in the Old Testament, that's the name, the light bearer, or the light bringer is yeah. Lucifer. So right. is Jesus Lucifer then? No. You, you, know, you know what I mean? Like where, where yeah. some of that kind of, maybe it got lost in translation, but you know, maybe they translated Lucifer being the morning star and that wasn't correct. And when the New Testament was written, that was the actual correct. I, I don't, I might not be making much sense with how I'm coming at it. I mean, no, I feel like no, it maybe because, is. Well, then how did he tack himself in the desert? It, right. Yeah. <laughs> Who did Satan attack in the desert? He attacked Jesus. That's right. So the, they're not the same. So, um, yeah, no, that does, you know, maybe there's a mistranslation. I never really thought about it in that right. regard, but, um, you know, and, uh, and the devil or Satan or Lucifer never died for my sins. Okay. I would have assumed that it was lost in translation in order to represent opposites of each other. Yeah, good. As above, so below. Yeah. Type deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, I just don't believe that they're the same person. Anyway. Right. It goes I, against I everything either. the Bible yeah. says. So. Yeah. yeah. I, d- I don't either. It's just one of those things that when you know, you look, I look into a lot of weird shit. You <laughs> yeah, know what I'm I mean? sure. There's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, and at the end of the day, I have to put together what I believe. You know what I mean? And right. I, I believe in the creator. I believe in God. And I, but I also think that people are putting that message, what I just brought out there in order to deceive. And that is yeah. Satan using these people to deceive the people in masses. You know, yeah, whether well, you yeah. believe in Jesus or not, if you believe in God, it, if you believe in God, you have, you, I don't know how you can't believe in Satan. You know right. I mean? Exactly. Like, the two go. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's hand in hand. Like once you, once you become a follower of Christ, you have uh, a mortal enemy against you. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you become a believer or a, a follower of Christ and now you have an enemy and now you have a target on your back. And so, um, you know, so no, I don't, <laughs> I, the two to me are, they're, they're, they're not one. I mean, it would have been quite a spectacle for the devil to be fighting the devil yeah. in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like fight club. <laughs> you got anything, Shane? No, I was just going to say, you uh, like your, your deep thought. <laughs> no, I, I was just imagining just like an internal fight with self. That would be like the only <laughs> way that that could possibly make sense is yeah. like, he it was, was like tempting an internal- himself battle with yourself in the desert you know right, but i don't yeah. know that's I, I still don't believe it either but that's the only way right. i feel like it could possibly make sense right well, he's tempting himself he's like all oh, this will be yours i'm like it already <laughs> is mine <laughs> oh shit all right let's get back on to some of these myths that you want to debunk i kind of I, I have a tendency of running around yeah so, well basically yeah he's not uh he you know he's not a, a a man in red tights with a pitchfork you know i think we we've been through it right he's not a horned beast he's not a monster he's not ruling in hell he reigns and he he rules here on earth and on the cosmos um and the devil by the way <clears throat> um and the forces you know basically the the government of the devil 
um, needs people to work through. So it's not like um, he's, you know, he's just alone in the matter. He, he, what he needs is he needs people to advance his kingdom. And most people do this unwillingly uh, and unknowingly. And then there's those who, um, who are very well aware um, what's going on and how I like to describe um, how to understand the, how the demonic or how these dark forces operate in the unseen world. Um, I always say it's, it looks like influencer marketing and we know what influencer marketing is, right? We take this top guy in this field, uh, you know, this guy's got a million Instagram followers. So we give him our, our health product and we say, here, tell how great our health product is. And he tells his audience and their audience tells their audience and their audience tells their audience and so on. Right. Um, so if we can look at um, this, this dark realm or this demonic realm as, you know, or the devil uh, as influencer marketing, that's, that's how it works. And if I was a smart devil, um, you know, which he really is um, highly intellectual and very, very cunning. Um, I would go after the top people in the world. I would go after leaders, mm-hmm. political leaders, presidents, heads of state, judges, magistrates, rock stars, actors, everybody who has some kind of influence. I would try to influence them and start to move my ideals and my um, schemes through them people. And that's how it works. Well, and that makes sense because, sorry, Shane, I, I'll let you go here in a second. Um, that's exactly how Zachary King uh, broke it down for me. I don't know if you're familiar with him and his hmm. story. He, no. he was the ex-Satanic High Wizard that oh, okay. ended up leaving. Now, his choice of religion... Okay, I can kind of understand, but not because if you get to the higher echelons of the Catholic religion, I don't think it's worshiping God. I, I think it's quite the opposite. Yeah, and um, but he chose Catholicism. Now, since since leaving, he has been under a lot of spiritual attack. You yeah. know what I mean? He's he's been diagnosed with diabetes. He's been amputated. He's he's lost some eyesight. You know this and that. But he even he, he broke it down to me. Even our our presidents, they are selected and the the satanic high wizard has a lot to play in that there was only one during his, uh, up until he got out there was only one president in in his lifetime that was not picked and or wasn't picked because they didn't think he had a chance and mm. that was jimmy carter mm. and i was wow. like damn wow that's interesting yeah yeah that's interesting yeah of course i mean you know it's like uh power is seductive. Um, and you know, the devil has a, a game he likes to play. Like you want power. Okay. You got to do this most heinous thing, mm-hmm. right? Oh, you want more power. Now you have to, you know, sacrifice this many children. Oh, you want more power. Well, now you have to, you know, do this, 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 and that. So he, the higher you go, the more heinous, Oh yeah, and disgusting these things get. It almost operates almost like a secret society where it's like the lower levels don't really fully understand what's going on, and then the upper levels fully understand what's going on, but they're so far involved that they can't go back anymore at that point. Yeah, 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because it's like, you know, you you basically you want to bring up these underlings, but you don't bring them up right away. Mm-hmm. You bring them up, you know, a little bit at a time because it's, you know, you're basically grooming them to become and do those things that you're doing. Right. So it's, um, you know, and you can't you can't just, you know, take, you know, a full blown, you know, Satan, satanic or whatever satanist or whatever and and take the lowest guy and just bring him right up you'd be f- too freaked out mm-hmm. so you have to you know you have to be groomed to get to that level yeah it's brainwashing because by the yeah. time you realize what's actually happening you're too far involved in it and there's not really a choice to ever choose to be in it or not be in it because you're already pushed to be into it right and the yeah. same thing happens with fame by the way so it's like oh you want fame okay <laughs> Then you got to do this, this, and this. Yeah, and do yeah, that, you, and then you're like, "Oh, you want more fame? Oh, you want Jay Z level fame? Okay, then you got to do this." <laughs> yeah, and so it works the same way. See, and that makes me question if a lot of the celebrities that we rule as being demonic actually realize that they're doing anything demonic, or if they're controlled by a higher power and they're not even in the process far enough in yet that they actually know anything about what they're doing yet. Probably some, probably some know, and then I think some know unknowingly. And then there's, you know, people who just probably just think, you know, some stuff's just cool to, you know, and uh, it's just a, like a trend, not knowing that they're actually seduced already into mm-hmm. this, you know, into this thinking. Well, I will say there's a member of either NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. And even the episode that I did, uh, you'll have to guess. Uh, I know the the real answer. Uh, he he was kind enough to give it to me, but one of the members could not even. They were at this like casting type call, okay, and and he was the high wizard at the time, walking around, grant you know, granting, giving out a, a coin or whatever. And if they called this number, you know, they could get famous. And one of the these members of could have been Backstreet Boys or Insync, um, couldn't even rhyme at, uh, a Dr. Seuss book. And couldn't even dance, nothing. And the following year was f- f- more famous than he-, he could even imagine. And he pretty much agreed to, he goes, I'll do anything. Uh, I'll go to a farm and have s- sex with animals and have them rape me and do whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and they do this. And then we wonder why we sit back and watch them lose their fucking mind. After they realize, oh shit, okay, my fame's kind of wearing down, but I sold my soul and woo, uh, not good. Yeah, there's a price, you Mm -hmm. know, there's a price and it's basically a credit card too. So it's like, okay, we're going to give you all this stuff. We're going to do all this, this, and then there's a price to pay, you know? So Do do you think that they're actually like physically controlled when they're in these? particular situations or do you think that they somehow like adapt and are able to just function and do these skills all of a sudden but they're still like themselves within it i yeah yeah, that's a great question i don't i don't know i i believe that they are under demonic power uh and so they are being controlled in some former you know former fashion um and then i think there's you know there's a takeover at you know at, at times um, but then there's times you're just doing things consciously knowing that you're operating under the form of evil. So just, I guess it just depends. I feel like it depends on the person too. Yeah. Um, whether I guess how much help they really need, because if it's somebody that's, uh, they want, 
but they can't fully control, there's more of a chance that they might try to like overpower them. Where if it's somebody that already gave in themselves, they might kind of give them the skills knowing that they're not going to go anywhere in the process. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know how much skill he deposits into like into people. I mean, you've heard that stuff with like Robert Johnson, hardly being able to play a lick and all of a sudden he comes out of the crossroads and he's the best blues player ever. So, you know, I don't know how much talent he actually, you know, bestows on somebody. Uh, But I, I know that the more you allow him, uh, access into your life, the more controlled and under the control you are. That's, you know, that's just how it works. And then there's, you know, and then there's other forms and that's a, just, that's just like a high deep form, right? Like, but then there's other forms of, uh, of the spirit realm that people don't actually even recognize is uh, demonic or driven by dark forces at all. Um, and they're, you know, all the angels have names, but they're more recognized um, by what they're do, their function. And I talk about that in the book where I talk about, you know, the spirits that are operating, um, just a, some of the spirits that are operating, you know, at a high level today. And we want to talk about like fear, uh, fear is a spirit. So they have spirits of fear. So they create fear, um, spirits of depression. So they create depression and, you know, anxiety and suicide. So, all these types of things are actually spirit-driven, um, spirit-driven things and behaviors that people would not recognize necessarily as a, a form of being under a power. But uh, they, you know, but because they live under these, um, they they live in fear, they live in depression, they live as a suicidal, you know, with, with suicidal thoughts. They think it's normal or part of them, but it's actually. Um, the, a, the, a demonic force that's been um, oppressing their lives. Mm. It makes that makes a lot of sense because everybody does struggle with some depression throughout right. their life. You know what I mean, right? But others really do act on it, and and you can see, you know, they they start acting irrational. Yeah. Uh, they start making decisions that they normally wouldn't make, and then the next thing you know their family and friends, I, I never saw this coming. You know, he just, he he killed himself and it's like, you know, why didn't he speak out? Well, maybe he couldn't, he was under that much control, you know what I mean? Or, or those forces were working that hard against them. You know, they want that soul probably more than what we want that soul to to go to hell. You know what I mean? Cause right. Right. That, that at the end of the day, that's the ultimate battle. This is for the soul of a human. The soul, the soul of a human is so valuable to God. Um, that's why the devil fights so hard to be able to destroy it. Um, you know, if it wasn't valuable, he wouldn't seek to destroy it. And the reason why he seeks to destroy it is to get back at God for losing his domain and in, in his dominion in heaven, his role, his function, the love of God, the, the presence of God, um, you know, the, the, the everything that he knew he was cast out of. And so as this um, eternal, basically envy, you know, he's like a mobster going after someone's family members and stuff. Right? Like, and so, and that's what he, that's what he does. He's, he goes after um, he goes after the souls of mankind in order to, um, to stab at the heart of God. Well, I mean, obviously a lot of this is driven through music too, because uh, 
like you hear modern day music and it sounds like it's happy and upbeat, but the lyrics themselves and what they sing about are a lot of very sad, depressing topics. So yeah. it's like people think they're listening to a happy song, but they're actually subconsciously like repressing themselves in, into being depressed. So, I mean, not a big shocker, but there's a lot yeah. of demonic involvement, of course, in music. Well, music itself is very powerful. I think it's actually one of the most powerful forces on earth. And that's why that's why these forces and demonic powers um, utilize it so much. And that's why the grip of fame uh, through uh, fame for musician is so intense because it's a it's a driving force and it's a it's a it's a dark driving force. And so, um, uh, yeah, so it's a, and the devil uses music because music is closest to his heart. He's a musician. I was just going to say he's a maestro. Like, he's yeah, a master. Like, yeah. Better. What better tool to use than one that you you're right. a master of. Right. And so that's what, you know, that's why he uses it is because he understands how powerful it is. Now, as a believer uh, in Christ, God knows how powerful music is. Mm -hmm. And that's why um, in times of attack, he says to worship. That's why worship itself is so powerful because it breaks all the powers of these strongholds of these demonic powers off someone's life, right? Worship has the power to make the insane sane. Worship makes the power for the depressed break free. Worship has the power to calm the anxiety. Worship has the power to, uh, to, to make demonic spirits quiet down. There's an episode in the, in the Bible where uh, the king was, was vexed by evil spirits. So we would call in David to play on the harp and the spirits would leave. So worship has, you know, the devil knows that there's an understanding and a power in worship. So it also has uh, the worship itself uh, through music has the power to transform someone's life. And he knows it. You think that uh, we're talking about how he bestows like the gift of being able to play music upon people. Um, do you think that considering that he's music himself, do you think he like possibly gives a piece of himself to each of these people that he deems as like good enough to um, influence a big enough portion of people? Cause you know how there's like those, celebrities that are at like the top top and they almost seem like they're like possessed when they get yeah. into the, like playing their music. Like now, mm -hmm. now I'm starting to wonder, yeah, if it's like he kind of gives a piece of himself to them. Well, I mean, I think we've seen it where you've seen the videos. I don't need to name names, but I think we saw the entrance of a demonic entity and a performer come alive on stage. And, uh, you know, so how much of himself does he, you know, yeah, he deposits these, these talents and what measure, I, I don't know. Um, you know, it's said that uh, Jimmy Page from Zeppelin was, was, was so good. Well, he's because he worshiped the devil. I'm like, no, the, the kid was playing from an early age. So I mean, he's got some talent there naturally as well. So he has to give some sort of, some sort of influence, but not all. I mean, you got to practice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would also kind of explain the whole hellhounds concept when, you know, the contract's up because he needs the piece for somebody else because he only wants to give away so much of himself before he starts to lose power himself. I don't never heard that before. Just a theory. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> yeah, you threw me on. I'm like, whoa, mm -hmm. this is different. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, not afraid to say I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, anybody that's not familiar with the hellhounds, essentially the idea is that when somebody sells their soul, so to speak, um, when the contract is done, they come and they collect the soul. So they're like 
mm-hmm. basically like uh i guess you say demonic dogs essentially oh okay oh, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah well it's okay. like yeah because it's you know it's now that uh you know the contract's up and now it's time to pay the piper right okay your contract's up now you're mine right so it's like um but they yeah could be recollecting that piece though like if he's given oh, a piece I, himself, yeah, he could be know. recollecting that piece because you know if there might be only so oh, much just that he taking, can give away. You he's know, he's taking back his talent. I don't. I think he's inexhaustible in his talent. So it's basically he could just sort of like influence and deposit and inspire, um, you know, uh, in bucket loads if he wants. I suppose. Which what's your never thought about how much talent he was going to give somebody. <laughs> yeah. What's your take on? Uh, songwriters and performers such as and even actors and actresses like beyonce wendy williams uh, cardi b mm-hmm. uh al roker yeah i mean the list goes on you, you see well especially with beyonce th- there's footage where it looks like sasha banks mm-hmm. is the one taking control or yeah. i think that's who she calls her sasha fierce Sasha Fierce, that's right. right. Yeah. Sasha Banks is a WWE superstar. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, very evil. Yeah, very yeah, evil. Very, very <laughs> evil. And then you, you see uh you see Wendy Williams sitting there and just all of a sudden staring like she's seen the most demonic figure mm-hmm. and it she just collapses. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your take on that? I, I didn't see that. I didn't see the Beyonce. It looks pretty legit to me. Mm. Um, you know, I think there's people at, at high levels operating in a high level of, um, um, a a demonic, you know, demonic, um, influence. And, you know, I, I believe again, it's almost like you, to get to this level, you have to do this, this, and this, and this, right. Um, and I, yeah, I just think that, that there are some artists and musicians that have really, um, they operate on a high level of demonic, uh, influence in, in uh, uh behaviors yeah totally yeah the wendy williams one um you might have saw it not really it was, she was dressed up as the statue of liberty uh-huh. and she was on set doing something and i mean she, if you look at look it up when we're done recording i mean yeah. you see the fear in this lady's eyes and she has been she hasn't been really the same since and this was hmm. pre you know jabby jab pokey poke Huh. you know era so yeah uh, yeah it, it was it's strange that's and, interesting huh do you think yeah. these uh celebrities start to lose their mind because of things that they've done or do you think that they start to lose their mind more so out of the concept of like the closer you get to like a uh say like a mythical object you know those like movies where like the closer you get the more it like pulls away from you do you think it's a matter of like the closer they get to that darker entity like the more it pulls from them and drives them to insanity rather than from the actual things that they've done. Yeah. I think the, the deeper and the darker that you, you go and you know, the, the more your mind goes, you can't tamper with these spirits and, and think you're going to have a sound mind. God is the one who gives sound mindedness, clear mindedness, clear thought, clarity of thought and mind. Um, and the, the, these forces are the opposite of that. And so the more you tamper with it, yeah, you will go insane. Uh, it's kind of like the old uh, saying, you know, you stare into the abyss long enough, the abyss stares back. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? And, and yeah. that's scary. Yeah. I don't know the mechanic. Of, I don't know the mechanics of it all. I just know if you keep, if you keep at it, you will, you, there is a great chance 
you will go insane for sure. Mm-hmm. So I guess to jump topics a little bit, uh, I want to get back into some of the encounters you've had because you touched base on a couple of them. Uh, what's some other encounters that you haven't really talked too much about on shows? <laughs> um, well, one of them was with, um, I don't put, I didn't put this in the book because the book was already released, but um, uh, my, my father passed away. Uh, so uh, like last, like last year or some last May or whatever. And um, I was cleaning out his closet and uh, um, I came across an old, an old green sweater. It was like, you know, faded sweater from like the eighties or nineties or something. And, and uh, a Miami hurricane shirt as well. And, um, and so that night I, I went to bed and then I, I feel something kind of like I sense something enter the room and I look up and it's my father. Right. And, um, and, and I know it's not my father, but it's the exact form of my father. Right. First, so he's, he, and he was wearing this, uh, this green, this green sweater, which my father would never have been wearing. <laughs> Right. And, uh, and, uh, and he was holding the folded up, um, Miami hurricane shirt and, um, and, and I'm looking at him and it's the exact form of my father for sure. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, what's next. And then he starts like approaching me, like moving forward and he comes in and he, he comes in for, I'm laying down, he comes in for a, a hug, but it's like really awkward. And, you know, but in the meantime, I feel the, you know, the, the eeriness coming off of this thing. That's the, just this, this, uh, creepy presence, you know? And so he comes in for a hug and which is weird too, because we weren't like that, but he comes in for this awkward hug and he comes in and then he pulls away and when he pulls his way, his face right at my face is, is burning away. Like with, with um, like ash and, and cinder burning away his, his face to reveal this skull with gleaming yellow eyes. And it's like looking right into me. And I was looking into the face as a skeleton. It was crazy because it was like this, it was like looking into space. It had no, it had such depth to it that there wasn't, you know, there was no, there was no end to it. It was really weird. And, but it was the, my father's face was like melting off of this skeletal demonic thing. And it was just looking right into me. But, you know, I, I knew what was, I knew what was happening from the beginning. So it wasn't really this, this would have completely you know, freaked somebody out, but I, I, I already knew what was happening from the get go. <laughs> and so, I mean, it, it freaks you out for a second, but for me, it wasn't as though as the stuff has never happened to me mm-hmm. before, you know? So, but it, it was pretty wild. That's one of the that's crazy. most recent things. I got to hand it to you. I, that would have freaked me the hell yeah, out. Yeah. It would have freaked mean? anybody like, out. Yeah. Yeah. You see, especially when they come to you in the form of right. a loved one you know what i mean because you know obviously that oh right you're gonna feel i should go and embrace <laughs> right. my dad and then you, you look up and his face is melting right. away and fire right. and, and, and what yep. have you how, how how do you sleep at night how do you go back to sleep after something like that <laughs> oh i sleep like a baby <laughs> no i mean it takes some time to get back to sleep and first it pisses you up for, you get over like the initial shock right and the you know and you get like a you know the stab of fear again but this one like i knew it was it was happening from the get-go and but you still it still rattles you mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, and, and your adrenaline's going, right? And so, like, uh, basically, I roll over. I'm like, <laughs> motherfucker. And I'm like, I'm trying to sleep and go back to sleep with a, you know, with a huff. Like, oh. <laughs> and so, until finally I go back off to sleep. So, yeah. yeah. Keep, keep bringing them, man. These, these <laughs> are great. I, to be honest with you, I, I feel like, You've had so many encounters, like the devil himself could probably come to you and you'd just be like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Like, please. I know your game. Piss off. There is a there is a um a gentleman is a he was like a a, a preacher and a um who's a, a a believer, a Christian believer, and his name was uh, Smith Wigglesworth. And he has this story where uh, you know the devil has come to him like so many times. He came into his bedroom and he sat on his bed, right? And and Smith Wigglesworth wakes up. He looks over. He goes, "Oh, it's just you." <laughs> and he goes back to bed. Oh, shit. No, it's just you. That's yeah, just yeah. you. was like, oh. "I ain't getting the rats, yeah. rats." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, yeah. There's there's a lot. There's a there's there's an um a story in the book that's um, pretty intense. It was the most, uh, it was the most harrowing experience that I've ever had <clears throat> uh, to date at that time. Um, and the story was that I was, um, I had lost my job working at a local newspaper in the marketing department. So I had to leave my apartment, which is downtown um, <clears throat> not being able to afford the rent anymore. Right. And so I moved out West to a family member's, uh, to a home, a family member had just kind of like just left. And, and so, um, w- and when I get there, so the house was laying vacant for like, uh, for a number of months, like six months, maybe I, I can't remember, but, uh, and so I get there and it really looks like the Adams family might've lived there. Like it was just, a, I pull up the grass is brown and overgrown. Um, the fence is, is raw wood and colorless and it even had like the the uh, the dilapidated fence door creaking on one hinge in the breeze, I and mean, it was like, <laughs> and um, and it had these it had two block windows on either side that stared over the property with like these two like two blank vacant eyes, and it really looked like the the it was very reminiscent of the Amityville Horror House, mm. and I'm like, oh my. God goodness so i and i so i go inside but inside was heartbreak because there was just stuff everywhere still toys on the floor still toys and pictures everywhere the dishes in the sink mail on the table um and it really looked just like they had left just to go to the store and they were coming right back but there's no one coming back so so anyway so i go up and i i um i go up the master bedrooms on the second floor so one night um tom trying to fall asleep and i start to smell this this really rotten smell this really gaseous it had like a chemical gaseous tone to it and so i'm like i get up and i'm like what the hell and so i start like walking around the the house and sniffing around the house and i go downstairs and i check the garbage and there's no garbage and there's there's nothing in the garbage disposer disposal and uh and, and and i look up at the the air vent and 
and I'm like, so I hike up on a chair and I get up on the, uh, put my face to the air vent and this, this rot is just blowing on my face and just, and I'm like, oh man, it's coming from the air vent. It smells like a, again, it's like, a, it smells like a, almost like a dead rotted rat with like a, a gaseous chemical tone. So I'm like, oh man. And I have a suspicion something's going on. So I get off the chair and I go cut the power to the air conditioner and I get back up on the chair and this thing is still blowing into my face. So it's now working on its own with no power. And um, so I, I have a, a strange suspicion that this is not going to be a good night. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I go back up and I'm, and I'm in bed and, um, uh, and I'm trying to fall asleep. And now uh, I start to kind of go, you know, fall off, fall off a little bit. And then I hear something call my name and out of the, the darkness, I hear, you know, my God, it was really slow, really serpentine and really freaky. And it sounded as it sounded close, but it sounded far away at the same time. Like it was spoken from like the, like the bowels of a cave, like echoey mm -hmm. and I'm on my side. So I'm like, I don't want to roll over. <laughs> so, so I decide to roll over and I look up and there's something beside my bed and it's a figure in black looming over my, my, my bedside over my form. And it's, it's hooded and it's, you know, it's a, it's a black, it's a black figure and it's tall and it's lanky and it has crooked shoulders and its head is cocked and it's looking down at me, smiling with this broad menacing grin. And you could see the semblance of the face in the deep in the cowl of its, the shadow of its hood. And, <clears throat> and I looked, you know, and I looked down, I feel something on my, uh, on my, my body, on my chest. And I look down and there's this clawed hand moving slowly up my chest, like, like teasingly, you know, and, um, and, um, <laughs> and, and so this, basically what this thing was, was going to do is going to choke me. <laughs> right. And he's gonna, and there was the, this wave of powerful wave of, um, uh, like black hatred emanating from this being. So not only could I feel it on my body, I felt it through my body. Like it was like hot boiling tar, like on the inside, that's how much it hated me and humanity. And um, I could feel it just, you know, coming off it like in waves. And, um, and I looked down and the funny thing about the form was it was as much physical or 3d um, as it was spirit meaning that I looked down in the part of its robe and it was, you could see through part of its robe. So it's like everything looks solid, but then there was a parts of it that you can actually like see through. And the, the strange thing about this robe or the gown was it wasn't like tears or anything like shreds or anything, but they were like neat rectangular um, uh, strips. And, but they went, uh, they went, layer after layer after layer so it was like um it started off with like gray black and then the, the the layer um the more the layers were the blacker and darker it it got and it was moving like as if it was underwater like liquidly it was just flowing 
like the bottom of its of its gown was just flowing like it was like underwater and um <clears throat> and and so that was just like i you know I inverted my eyes that's what i saw and it was like a real beauty to it too which was like a weird thought to have mm-hmm. you know and then basically i just looked back up on it and i couldn't breathe because you know they take they they take your breath it took my breath so i couldn't breathe i couldn't move because it paralyzed me for a moment and then finally uh, finally i was able to call out and i called on i called on jesus and then the thing just just folded in on itself like like droplets of mist and just vanished like it was it was so weird and then i shot up and and as piously as i said as i could i said what the fuck was that <laughs> <laughs> and then i heard it just shot into my spirit that was witchcraft so that was that was a spirit of witchcraft that was attacking me when it had its hand over over you do you think it was more so trying to like pull energy from you or do you think it was trying to push its energy onto you no it had the tip of its nails crawling up my chest and the reason why it was you know it was moving slowly and like teasingly because it was enjoying what it was doing and so it wasn't trying to draw anything out it was just a, a show of like, yeah, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to enjoy this look on his face. Right. And um, uh, it was the first, the reason why it was so scary for me was because I've gone through, I've had a lot of experiences, but, but this was the first time I had seen um, uh, the, the physical form or the shape and it actually touched my physical body. And that's why it was so frightening because it, it was, you know, as, as real as any touch could be, that's what was, that's how clear it was that it was touching me physically. And that's what was so frightening about it. See, when you uh, describe the transparency to it, it almost makes me wonder if it was a fully physical being, but it kind of goes into that whole idea of like, there's certain colors and spectrums that humans can't pick up properly. So I wonder if it's like a, like a more of like a trick of your eyes. And it was a physical being that was in front of you. That was solid. Now these are spiritual beings, right? And again, it comes down to, they can take all these kinds of forms, but it was a, you know, it was a spirit being, it's like seeing a ghost, right? It's in, in a sense, it was like the parts of it. You could, it was almost like a ghostly kind of thing. So from my understanding, it was, as it was um, as spiritual um, entity that took form in the natural but you still see form of its spirit, spirit shape or whatever. I mean, we're trying to, you know, I'm trying to uh, explain like uh, a very supernatural experience with natural <laughs> words yeah. and yeah. understanding. So it's sometimes it doesn't translate as well uh, because again, it's like, these are, you know, you're trying to explain these very highly supernatural things with our own, you know, uh, limited natural means, you know, uh, but yeah, to the best of my knowledge, no, it's a spirit creature. Um, and, but it just took on the form of the natural, but what you see is still the, you know, you still see that it is a, a spirit thing. Was there witchcraft practice in this house? No, 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 uh, no. Is you know, when you, um, when you when you function in a high level of uh, of Christianity or as a follower of Jesus Christ, um, I was at the time I was a, a prayer leader um, 
uh, for the for the ministry that I go to, and um, and so what that does is that puts a target on your back. So it's and and witches are funny. Somehow they they get this thing and they're like uh, from their their demonic their demons whatever, and it's like attack attack this guy. And it could be a guy you don't even know me, right? But right. they can communicate to them that this is who we're going after right so it's like um in an own i don't know who what who was practicing it or you know or who had sent it i just knew that it was a spirit of witchcraft because uh, that's what was told to me and so um you know who sent it or if anyone sent it i don't i that i don't know um but uh um you know there are people who are able to kind of you know function like that or think that they send them but whatever but what happens is it's like it 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 puts a target on your back the 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 more you advance the kingdom of god the greater this target becomes and that's kind of why i go through some of these things do you want to you want to share a couple more experiences before we uh we wrap up and get out of here um those are some of the biggies man i mean i guess you have to you know, read the book, man, get the, get yeah. the book, read some of the stories. Um, if I give any more stories, I'll give away the whole book. <laughs> well, I guess uh, it's, nobody misses it now that they're all hyped up about it. Uh, if you're trying to find the book, why don't you let everybody know where they can come find it? Yeah, you can find Demons Among Us, Shocking Real Life Stories from the Paranormal at Amazon. It is a number one bestseller um, and it is perfect for Halloween season. Um and you can find it on Amazon. Uh, right now, I have the Kindle version available for just $3.77. So it's under four bucks. So you have no excuse not to get it. <laughs> and uh, uh, print version is also marked down some too as well. Um, and you can find me at uh, on Instagram at m.r.gorga and at Facebook at mrgorga. And that's that's where you can find me. I guess um, another good uh, going question too is uh, what other kind of stuff are you working on that's supposed to be coming out in the future that people can look out for? Oh yeah, man, this is I'm really excited about this. By the way, um, I have a full length feature script, um, and it's called The Dover Witch, and it is the uh, it is all of the research that I researched for um, you know early New England and witch trials and all this stuff um, had fed its way into this this script so it's it's a haunting tale of uh, one it's like the most accurate it would could be like the most accurate version of a witch trial like ever scripted so it's this it's a haunting tale of a of a of a, of a england's most notorious witch uh goes on trial and she faces uh you know she faces some heavy scrutiny and uh <laughs> And uh, yeah, I don't. I want to give away the whole plot. So she yeah. she goes. She battles the courts. She battles supernatural forces in the battle for her life. And so um, right now, I'm trying to shop that. So if uh, if there's a producer out there or an agent wants to get on board with uh, what promises to be a very harrowing tale, frightening, almost true to life witchcraft trial feel free to reach out to me, but yeah, so that's coming. That's what I have going on. I'm trying to, trying to shop that. Um, I have another book in the works and um, 
I have no idea when that's going to be done, but it is, it is in the works. So, yeah, but I'm really excited about the, about the, the script. It's a screenplay. It's pretty, I think it's, it's pretty awesome. I think people are really going to love it. Yeah, that's dude. That sounds awesome. I mean, if that, if, if it, if it doesn't make it to a movie and it is like a, a TV series, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm I'm down for either or, you know. Yeah, I mean? it could I know go my wife. Way, yeah. Would, yeah, my wife would be like, yeah, you know, because yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. she's all about that and 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 what have you. And then I can look at her and be like, I interviewed this the, the guy who who wrote wrote this. You know? Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. no, I, <laughs> I'm really excited about. It. I mean, there are some really really frightening scenes in there, and I was like, I'm writing this stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, what is wrong with me? But there is some really like people see this on the screen, they're just gonna be like absolutely f- frighteningly dumbfounded <laughs> so nice. and because some stuff is i mean is taken direct it, you know it's again it's this comes from my research from uh from trial so it's this is as real as it gets is it uh, gonna be in modern day or are you gonna time period it no it's it's set in it's set in uh 1655 oh, nice. Nice. yeah so i love time period stuff that just made me yeah, even more excited me about it <laughs> yeah me too yeah yeah now, with 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 halloween coming up do you have any uh ghoulish tales or anything that you might have researched that can go along with halloween um and and i don't know halloween's always been one of my kind of favorite time of years you know just with you know, you look at it from from the Spanish side. You know, the day of you know Day of the Dead and how that yeah. kind of came about, and then you know Halloween and what have you. And you know, where it is today isn't how it started out. But mm. I mean, how, uh, Halloween just—I don't know. I've always been fascinated about it because that's when all the the horror and the ghouls come out. And you know, and if you want to fight for good, you know, you're like, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's do it. You know what I mean? So. Uh. Well, I don't have any particular Halloween stories, but I could tell you the story of one of the first hanged witches in Hartford, Connecticut, if you want. Yeah, absolutely. All uh, right. Do you have a so name on her? The The name of the woman was Rebecca Greensmith. Okay. And she was truly a confessing witch because she confessed to being a witch. And, um, and so... The story is between her and a woman named Ann Cole, who was a, a godly, she was a Christian believer. And so what happened was she was started to have experience like these, these trances. And in these trances, she overheard um, what could be described as like this demonic round table. She heard these spirits discussing how they were going to ruin her life. And so they were coming up with, you know, we're going to create a divorce or they were discussing on, you know, how to ruin her name, how to ruin her nap, her marriage, um, you know, and just basically destroy her life. So she heard this roundtable discussion between these demons, right? and in that discussion, she overhears them. They're like, "Well, who who should we get to to do this?" And then she overhears Rebecca Greensmith. So she tells her husband. Her husband tells the ministers, three ministers go to the, she was already in jail on prior witchcraft charges. So the three ministers approach her and they say, you know, they tell her what, what had Aunt Cole had said. And, um, and she confesses that it's true. And not only did she confess that it's true, but that she has been, um, 
you know, she she meets in the devil with the devil in 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 the woods. Uh, she explained how he first approached her. He first approached her in the form of a fawn. And then after a few times of that, he started speaking to her from um, through the fawn of uh, this, you know, a deer. And uh, and then she confessed to having sex with the devil uh, on a regular basis. And she described it as it was both um, uh, ecstatic and repulsive, both at the same time. And it was because of um, because of these confessions, she was hung in the Hartford Square uh, in the in the center of town. One of the first ones to be tried as a and hung as a witch. Oh wow! That the stories out of New England and especially with witchcraft and just hauntings in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get it's so deep in history because when, when they came over, people don't realize that like from Pennsylvania up was pretty much the first place people wanted to settle mm-hmm. and it's got the richest history. And then, mm-hmm. then you look into uh, what are they? The witches windows in, in new England where they're, they're kind of tilted uh, like cockeyed and it's to confuse the witch on <laughs> how to not fly into the window or whatever. I'm sure that worked well. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh yeah so are you familiar with john proctor that sounds familiar uh is he a writer oh proctor was a was a um um was he a a minister at the time yeah i think okay he was involved in the uh salem witch yeah i was gonna say yeah it sounded like proctor yeah i i I know that name for sure um we have a friend and i highly suggest um you reach out or i'll let him reach out to you but he his podcast is the wicked planet podcast i don't know if you're familiar with it Mm, ron Ron from new england he his eighth great grandfather was um uh john proctor and all all the documentations and like he's very knowledgeable guy in in a lot of a lot of areas uh, and in you know the new england witch trials yeah everything else but yeah when you you were starting to bring this up, I text him real quick, and I'm like, because I, I couldn't remember, and he's like, you know, John Proctor, and I'm like, okay, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. but you gotta, I, he would love to sit down and pick your brain. I know yeah, yeah, anytime, yeah, just set it up, yeah, be glad to do it, yeah, definitely, yeah. So I want to take it upon myself to thank you for for your time to sit down with us, and uh, also want to hopefully um, I follow you on Instagram. I, I think Shane gave me your email, so we'll have to set something up. Yeah. And I'd like to get you on my show and, you know, especially with Halloween coming up, this, this is perfect. And then we can, you know, promote your book on. Yeah. Know, just, yeah. Show. We're got to get, get your stuff out there. And yeah. This is a book that, I yeah. think I would love to sit down and read actually. So yeah. Well, people start to read it. They say they can't put it down. It's a, <laughs> well, that's you know, a good thing. Man. I'm, like, I'm like, wow, that's, that's great to hear. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. As an author, that's what you want to hear. You don't want to hear like, oh, this thing sucks and uh, just couldn't, I couldn't read any more of it. Yeah. I got it. the book myself as my next book that I finish after my current book. So I'll be hopping on that book pretty soon here too. All right. It's on nice. your TBR, your TV read list. Yes, sir. All right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I just want to thank you guys for having me on. It's a, a, a great time and uh, uh, allowing me to talk about some of my crazy stuff. So yeah, anytime. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate you coming back on again. I appreciate having a second conversation with you again, man. 
Yeah. Thanks, man. That was awesome. So, uh, do you want to do the wrap up ghost? Or do you want me to do the wrap yeah. up? Yeah, we can, I can do it if you want me to You did the intro. I can take some, take some of the pressure and the, the weight off your shoulders, as they say. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, go to, uh, go to Instagram and follow bizarre encounters. Uh, you can shoot us a, a DM if you, if you've had a bizarre encounter or want to be on the show, uh, hit us up on, uh, bizarre encounters at outlook.com, uh, is our email. And, you know, if you don't, if you forget that and you're like, oh, I think I'm, I know it's inquiries of reality with Shane, or maybe it's ghost from my third eye. You can hit us up on our Instagrams on that end as well. And, you know, again, I can't thank you enough for coming on, sharing your time, sharing your stories. And thank you. Fascinating. I mean, you had the old cliche, you had me at hello. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just well, like, Whoa. you know, cause I, I, I admit I, I went into this interview completely uh, blind. I knew you had written a book. You know, I've talked to Ryan, I talked to Shane, but I wanted to go into it, not ever hearing an interview that you've done because, you know, that gives me the opportunity, you know, to ask questions, you know, cause Shane has already interviewed you obviously. And, you, you know, and, but wow, I mean, we could go on rabbit holes for hours. <laughs> hey, I had some <laughs> new questions this time, having you involved too, ghost. Having two oh, co-hosts makes it so that I have even more questions. So I got to <laughs> extend on that also. So well, that's good. That that's good, and, that, and that's fun because and and self-admittingly, you know, this is our second episode. You know, Shane and I are still trying to work out, you know, the chemistry and where one another kind of comes in because we're used to running a so, solo show, right. but our chemistry um, off air is is very connected. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. it, it's it's going to be easy. You know, you just got to work out some some stupid little kinks but it, right. i wouldn't even call them kinks it's just hey when do i jump in or when do you want to jump in you just i don't know start right. reading the body language you know it's it's one thing to text and talk over the phone or you know it's to me it's a lot easier to do a zoom call because then i can read your body language totally yeah i know i i don't like i i love being able to do you know um uh the the reaction actually helps like the story telling component of everything so it's like when you're telling a story and you see like the level of engagement from from people like i i i like doing these zoom video meetings because i get to see like the reaction and you know oh, I'm, on the I'm sure back you saw a few for me i'm yeah just yeah. Like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's always good to have a face to the voice too on top of that yeah yeah yeah, yeah totally yeah it's true it's but true on that note guys Everybody out there, like, follow, subscribe, five-star ratings on iTunes. Uh, if you don't want to give a rating and you just want to give a, a five-star and walk away, I mean, two seconds, go to Spotify. You know, help, helps our show grow, helps everybody else uh, find out our, about our material. And again, if you've had a bizarre encounter, get a hold of us and we'll get you on or just send it in and we'll read your bizarre encounter and keep your name out of it. Uh, take your pick. You know, we're very open over here. And uh, till next time, stay weird. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>